Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Amen. So without any further ado, um, it is my privilege to um, share the message that I know God has put on my heart, okay? See the, um, the I Dare You series. It's really cool, isn't it? You know, we started off at the, the beginning of the year about the adventure starting here, and we've so nicely moved on to the I Dare You series. And I love, I love challenges, I love dares, I love just that opportunity to kind of step out of of who I am, probably for you to step out of who you are. And this is a perfect vehicle for you to just try something that maybe you hadn't thought about before. So the title of my message tonight is, I dare you to let it go. I dare you to let it go. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that it is, but I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit right now just to tell you what it is. Because if you have something that you've been believing God for, struggling for, trusting for, that it God already knows about. That it is the thing that is burning in your heart. That it is the thing, it's like that part in your back. You know when you try and itch, it's like you can't get it. That's the it that God is going to address tonight in your life and in my life. Amen? Amen. So here's the story, okay? I, um, I, we, we were on holiday uh, over, over uh, the summer holidays, kind of the, the last week of July, first week of, of August, and during that time we went across to a place in, in Aviemore, okay, and lots of outdoor things to do in Aviemore, and one of the things that we actually did was we went to Landmark. So for those of you who, who haven't been to Landmark, really it's, it's an outdoor adventure place. And, you know, they've got these high treetop um, walks that you can go on and you're all safe and secure. They've got roller coasters, they've got water slides. I'm not uh, working for them, by the way. But, uh, but what a day you can have over in this place called Landmark. And um, so one of, the, one of the rides that we went on, it was actually the roller coaster now, I'm not too keen on roller coasters, okay? I wouldn't say I'm scared of roller coasters. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm not too keen on roller coasters. The other thing I don't like, by the way, is, you know the waltzers? You know that thing goes round and round and round and round? Don't ever get me on one of them. Anyway, we went on to the the roller coaster in Landmark, and there was um, ourselves, there was our kids, um, there was Stuart Duncan and, and his, um, his kids, and uh, there was Wendy and, and her son. And uh, so all of us kind of go on there, apart from Elijah, I think, I don't think he was loud. But um, I was in the, the fortunate position, sat next to Ruth, and um, that's always a good position to be, isn't it? <laughs> Sitting next to Ruth, strapped in, I had this two-point thing holding me in place. So really, if she wanted to tickle me or anything, she could have done it. But we were here. Um, I think the, the, the Duncan boys were in front of us, and Naya and Bethany were behind us. They were right at the back, okay? And with all roller coasters, you know, there's that. You go up, you go around, you go down, and then you go... And then you come out at the end. It's like you're spat out at the bottom. And you're literally... You're like... Wow, what was that all about? Wow. But anyway, here's the story. Here's the story as it goes for us, okay? The story is we're sitting here, we're strapped on, the guy says, you're ready to go. Yeah, we're ready to go. And then that chain starts. You know the chain that goes clunk, 
clunk, clunk, yeah. clunk. And you're like, why doesn't it go faster? You know, it goes clunk, clunk. So we're up here and we're going clunk, clunk, clunk. And then we do the up to the top and then disengages. And then you can be like, oh, this is quite cool. And then you hear all the kids starting to scream. And I'm kind of looking at Ruth, just wondering what the reaction is going to be. And then we start to go across and then we, we do that thing like this. And then you're spat out at the bottom. That was all good for the first time. And then we parked. So then the guy says, do you want to go again? And all the kids, of course, they were like, yeah, we want to go again. So the guy, obviously, he, 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 he's got his permission and he sends us off again up this, um, up this roller coaster, steep hill and the whole clunk, clunk, clunk. This time the clunk, clunk was different, wasn't it? It was a different clunk, clunk. And I'm looking at Ruth going, that was a clunk, wasn't it? <laughs> now, Naya and Bethany, they're at the back of the roller coaster and they are prepared, okay? They have got their hands in the air. They're like this. They're not like me, but I was thinking, okay, I've got my two-point strap in, you know, it's hydraulically activated, it's manually over-protected, over, over and then I'm not thinking about all these forces that are going to be hitting me, the, the centripetal force and then the centrifugal force, and all of these things, as an engineer, you're going, God, just get me to the bottom. And all the while, Naya and Bethany, they're like this, not worrying about all these forces that could be working on us, not worrying about the, the two-point harness that's holding them in place. And honestly, as soon as I seen their wee hands like this, I was like, I am my dad. I've got to copy them. <laughs> so the first time, time round, I want to tell you, I didn't do that. Because I never even thought to do it. But the second time round, I thought, I wonder how Naya's getting on. And there she was like this, ready for the, ready for the roller coaster. Excuse me, ready for the roller coaster of a ride for her. And uh, again, we get to the top, again, we go around. Now, this time, it just seems to be a forever age to go and do the. And you can feel all these forces hitting you, and you're looking at the safety strap. Yeah, it's still there, I'm okay. And probably this roller coaster was only about, I don't know, five, no, 25 meters high, maybe, I don't know, 20 meters high, but it felt like the Pepsi Max, you know, the one down in. <laughs> You know the one down in, uh, where is it, um, Blackpool or somewhere, Blackpool, somewhere like this? I want to tell you, those kids, they let go, and they were having the time of their life. And that's exactly what we're going to be speaking about tonight, because there's an it in your life, and there's an it in my life, that when we let go, God can actually come and meet us and answer the desires of our hearts. So I wonder if you've got your Bibles that you'll turn with me to 2 Kings. And it's 2 Kings 4, speaking here about the Shunammite lady. And starting off in verse 8. And it says, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shum, and that's in Israel, by the way, if you never knew that, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food, so it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy, ma holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small room, a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed in there for him. Uh, sorry, let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can, he can turn in there. 
Now, see, when I read this, this story, I love the story. I love the story of the, the Shunammite woman and, and the son. And hopefully I'm not going to jump ahead of myself in the story, but I'm going to do it in sections tonight, okay? I'm not going to read the whole story. But, you know, when I was preparing, just thinking about what God is saying, in those words, there's 108 words, okay? 108 words. I'm going to tell you some words tonight of a notable woman, okay? Who wants to hear what a notable woman is? A notable woman is worthy of attention. A notable woman is remarkable. She is noteworthy. She is remarkable. Say that again. She is outstanding. She is important. She is significant, momentous. She's a headline. She's um, memorable. She's unforgettable. She's pronounced. She's marked. She's striking. She's glaring. She's obvious. She's impressive. She's uncommon. She's unusual. She's particular. She's special. She's extraordinary. She's exceptional. And she's rare. And that's just a woman. <laughs> that is just a woman. So here's some of the other things we've spoken about. We know that she's a woman. We heard in the story that she's able to um, persuade others. Who knows of women who can persuade others? <laughs> we know that she's discerning because she sensed that it was a man of God. We know that she can cook. And actually, we know that she's a good cook because actually Elijah comes back yeah. for more food, <laughs> doesn't he? So I reckon she's discerning, but she's also a very, very, very good cook. Um, she submitted because she says to her husband, hey, can we not build somewhere for this um, man of God to stay? She's um, perceptive, she's watchful, she's a home builder, and she's considerate and caring. So guys, I want to tell you, if you're looking for a girl out there, you need to find a Shunammite woman, okay? You need to find a notable Shunammite woman. And that means you're going to have to go to Israel because nowhere else in the world will you see... No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But here's the story, okay? A notable woman has got a problem. She has got a bit of an issue in that because of her husband, um, she can't fall pregnant. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's the it that she has the challenge with in her life. You know, that's quite a significant it. She cannot conceive a child through no fault of her own, Probably through no fault of her husband, but it's just the way all of that biology stuff, and it just can't happen, okay? God is a God who can answer prayers, amen? God is a God who can hit the mark where no other doctor, no other scientist, no other person can achieve. God is a God who answers, he answers prayer. So here's the first point for you tonight, okay? Yes, I want to tell you that you need to, to, to let it go. But I want to tell you moreover, because if I tell you to let it go, you need to let it go and do something. You can't just let it go. You need to let it go and you need to make room for God. You need to make a room in your house, in your life, that God can come in and touch and affect you. Because if you have that room, you have the sensitivity to be able to hear and to see what God's doing. I want to tell you tonight, I heard a story a long time ago of a preacher. He actually is a good friend of Pastor Ashley and he's got a church down, in, um, down south somewhere. And he, what he used to do is he would find a closet, literally a closet in his room. He would go to the closet. He would close the door. Now, I don't know how big this closet was, okay? I don't know if this was like a changing room or what, but it was a closet. And what he would do is he would pray 
He would intercede. He would have time with God. And he would get to that point where he did business with God and God did business with him. This time, once he had, um, he was just away to go upstairs into his, into his, his room, the room that he has for him and God. No one else gets in. He hears this noise. He hears the noise. And he hears kind of like a praying and a kind of like a scratching. And the noise that he hears when he carefully opens the door is his child in the room, in the cupboard, praising God, thanking God, copying his dad. What a great example to set that probably the little child one time went to the door and was like, or went to the cupboard door and was like, what's that? What's dad doing? And probably the dad never even seen it. How much more that we, that we would make a room for God, that we would just give him that place, that we would give him that time, because God wants time with us. God wants time with you, and he wants time with me. And if it means closing the door, shutting the door, and just forgetting about the stuff of life, then do it. That's what we need to do. So let, let it go and make room for God. You have to do it. You have to do it, and it's easy to do. I did it. I did it when I was preparing my message. Ruth said to me, hey, Brian, you should go upstairs. Close the door. I was like, have you read my passage? Have you read what I need to speak about tonight? <laughs> See, that's that notable woman. <laughs> so the child had obviously seen what the father was doing. How much more than when we're in that place with God, in that room that no one else can get into, that God and us will be able to commune and we'll be able to find out what we need to do next. So I dare you to go, let it go, and make a room for God. So coming back to the story, verse 11, okay? And it says, And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call a Shumanite woman. Then he had called her, sorry, when, she, when he had called her, she stood before him and he said to him, say now to her, look, you have uh, been concerned with us all this care. Sorry, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway and said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to the servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. She went up, laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. It's getting a little bit dramatic now, isn't it? A little bit dramatic. You know, that, that, that prayer, that request, give me a son. She then has a son and he then goes and dies. How awful. And then to know or to have the, the, the inclination to take the child. And I reckon she didn't even tell the dad because we'll come to that later. But she puts the child on the, the, the man of God's bed 
closes the door, and then she makes plans to go and see the man of God. Do you know there's wisdom in men of God? There's wisdom in listening to what men of God are saying. There's wisdom in taking the time to hear and to see what they recommend. Because when you do it, I want to tell you, you'll succeed. When you do it, you're going to see breakthrough in your life. So the woman placed the son on the bed. And then it says later on that she basically gets a donkey, goes with the servant, walks uh, with the donkey and the servant to go and meet the man of God. The man of God sees her coming towards him and she's like, what on earth are you doing here? So he sends Gehazi. He must have been a fast guy. He must have been like a cool servant. He must have been like bolt lightning or something. And he ran to her and said, like, what are you doing? Why are you chasing after the man of God? And she's like, no, I've got to go and see the man of God. She then goes and sees the man of God. The man of God says, what are you doing here? Do you know what? When you get the ear of a man of God, make sure you know what you want. Make sure you know the thing that you are asking for. Now, she is a notable woman. She is all those things that I spoke about earlier. So she is not confused. She is one who knows the thing that she wants. And she says to the man of God, look, my son has died. What on earth is all this about? Didn't you promise me to give, us, give me a son, not to take him away early? And he said... Look, basically to Adlib, he, he said to the, to the servant Gehazi, take my staff, run with the staff and go and place the staff on the boy's face. And if you read the story, the guy Gehazi puts the staff on his face and guess what happens? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened when the guy did what his master, what the man of God said. You know, sometimes nothing will happen, but sometimes there's a preparation thing going on. Sometimes there's a preparation that actually for the lady, the lady's over here going, there's a guy going to help my son. There's a guy going to help my son. There's a guy coming to help you. There's a girl coming to help you. There's someone coming to help you in your it situation, your it situation, because you need help. So eventually what the lady, the Shunammite lady says is to the man of God, come with me, I'm not letting you go, come with me, we're going to go to the upper room and we're going to deal with this child. And I love what the man of God does. The man of God, he goes in, no one else is allowed in the room, so it's literally him and the boy. He closes the door and he does business. He is now in the place where she has provided for him all of those times before. Now she is believing that he is going to be able to take that staff Pray and believe that a situation would change. So this is where we pick up the story in verse 32, okay? It says, When Elisha came into the house, there was a child lying dead in his bed. He went in there, shut the door behind the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child, put his mouth to his mouth, his eyes to his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. Then it says, He returned and walked back and forth in the house. How rubbish is it when you don't see a breakthrough straight away? How rubbish is it when you're like, God, what is going on? Sometimes we just have to pray and believe, yeah? While something else is happening over here, we have to keep on doing the things that God is asking us to do over here. So the stuff that you know to do, the stuff that you know to do now is to go and make a room. So what are you going to do? You're going to go and make a room? Or are you just going to be like, oh God, what's going on? I don't know what you're doing. So why don't you pray? Why don't you pray and why don't I pray? Why don't you pray and why don't I pray? See, when we get together and we pray and believe, guess what? Situations change and situations bring breakthrough. Amen? 
So then it says, and he returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him. What do you think the man of God was thinking? The man of God thinking, oh, I don't know if it's going to happen today. I don't know if it's going to happen today. Or was he walking about starting to encourage himself, right, we need to do something a bit different. But actually it says in the Bible he didn't do anything different. It says, then he went up and stretched himself out on the child. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite woman. So he called her and and when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. How cool is that story? How cool is the story that from a point of desperation over here where there was absolutely no sign of a child to a point of when there was a death of a child to then the point of where there's a resurrection, a a, a rebirthing again of a child. God is in the business of rebirthing. When stuff is dead, God breathes life. And when God breathes life, do you know what? No weapon formed against you. No tongue that is raised against you can stand. When Jesus enters the room, when Jesus enters the room, he sees and brings a miracle breakthrough. No one else can do it. And that's the second point. So I dare you to let it go, but I dare you to give it to Jesus. Take the thing that you're believing for and give it to Jesus. Don't tell your friend. Don't tell your buddy. Yeah, you can tell your close friends and all of that stuff. But tell Jesus. Tell Jesus because he is your true friend. He is the one who cares about you. Even, even, even walks with you closer than a brother walks with you. He's living inside of us. He is asking and he's desperate for us to commune with him. He's asking and he's desperate that we would speak to him. To include him. You know, just as the young child did in the cupboard. He wanted to do the thing that his daddy was doing. Because he knew there would be some fruit of it. God is in the business of causing fruit. And I want to tell you, in this place, fruit is coming. I want to declare it across every single person in here, every single person who is listening on the podcast or wherever you are, fruit is coming. Fruit is coming. Fruit is coming. And Jesus is in the business of building his church. All we need to be is willing vessels. So will you take your it and give it to Jesus? Don't give it to your friends. Don't give it to your peers. Give it to Jesus. I want to finish with this, okay? The Shunammite woman, she made a place for that man. She needed a breakthrough because she could not conceive. She received a miracle. Then her son died. Now remember, she was a notable woman. This applies to you guys as well. You guys can be notable. Not just women. Guys and girls, let's be notable. Let's be ones who are talked about. Let's be ones who make room for God to move in our lives. You know, there's situations in this very room tonight where you need to let go of some stuff. I need to let go of some stuff. And when we started off by by opening, you know, I asked the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. And I pray that God has revealed something to you. I pray by His Spirit He has revealed that it thing to you because God he wants to see his church as a bride amen 
He wants to see his church as a beautiful bride that has been adorned with jewelry, that has been that has been that has been cleansed, that has been pure, purified, that has been washed, washed, washed clean, because he is a God. He is a God who is coming for his church. Amen. He is a God who's coming for you. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.